Hello and welcome to The Good Road by Andy's Season 8, Episode 4. But it's not just Season 8, Episode 4, is it, Andy? No, it's not. It's our 100th podcast. It's our 100th podcast. Ooh. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. Now we got it right that time. <laughs> and <laughs> this is our 100th podcast. Yes. And over that time, we haven't really collected any listeners or achieved any... Um, any like released any good podcasts but we have continued releasing like poor to mediocre podcasts for a surprisingly long time yes we have i mean this is now five years old and uh yeah yeah okay so we started in 2015 and um we have this is our hundredth pod which is all very congratulations to us good yes go us yeah, and go the good robot asses. Oh, but that is us yeah. as well. Go the good robot asses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's all about quantity, isn't it? It is all about quantity. Mm. Um, I didn't actually think we would have ever get this far. I thought this would kind of fizzle out after a while. But I think, I think it's our collective. Um, <laughs> on a Monday, our collective Apathy. kind of. Are we doing another one? Yeah, let's do another <laughs> one. <laughs> no, it's fun. That's why. That like we started doing it because it was going to be fun yes and we did we did it because it was fun yes and we've continued doing it because it is fun fun. (laughs) yeah because it is fun yeah and if no one wants to listen that is up to them well yes exactly and on that subject um (laughs) we asked for uh, input feedback for this made a wide ranging appeal we did and we've been doing it for quite a long time yeah and we've had precisely no feedback from anybody (laughs) and we Uh, had one one attempt at um, gathering together other podcasts yes. to celebrate. Which failed. Uh, which which failed, but it was a, I think it was an honourable failure. A couple of podcasts genuinely attempted to attend. Yes, they did, yeah. One other podcast actually turned up, so well done to them. Yes. That was the Disc um, Dump. Yeah, The Disc Dump podcast, we can highly recommend it. If you were listening to the uh, last episode, there was a little advert for the Disc Dump podcast. Oh, was there? Oh, excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I cut that advert together. We recorded it and I edited it. Well done. Thank you. Oh no, no, that's the that's the advert for us that the disc dump will put on their podcast. Oh yes, no, but we played I'm one for the disc dump. The disc yes. dump. The yes. advert for the disc dump we put on our podcast. Yeah, the yeah. disc dump is most excellent. I've listened to quite yeah. a few of theirs lately. They're, they're currently, or well, at least they have been counting down or running down the Masters of Horror series, which mm-hmm. I do not envy them at all because it sounds to me like they're not very good films. <laughs> Um, yeah, we tend we only do really films that we like. We when we first started, we thought about we thought we would probably do some that we didn't like. Yes, yes, but um, but you well, know, I guess we've done some that I don't like. But well, I think that uh, you know uh, Simon Brew um, of of um, Film Stories podcast and Film Stories magazine, self published magazine. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he says, "I don't do snark. You'll find plenty of snark on the internet, but I don't do it." And I think that's right. You know, you, you can find that somewhere else if you want it. But we don't do it here, really. I tell you what, when we run out of good films, we'll do a bad one. How's that for a deal? This well, I think, that's a good, I think that's a good deal. We will find an absolute stinker and then tear it, only, tear it asunder. Only when we've worked our way through all the good films. Yes. Yes. All of them. All of them. Uh, I was listening Speaking to... Speaking of... Yes. Good films. No, yes. go on. What were you listening to? No, I was going to say, um, I was listening to the soundtrack to Requiem for a Dream today. That's that's a right. film that comes up a lot on this podcast. <laughs> We've got some go-to films, haven't we? Like Society. And I was listening to the, yes, yes, yeah, Society. Listening to the track Summer Song, which 
in the 2000s was used in pretty much every single trailer um, that, that there was, basically. It was incredibly successful piece of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm listening to that, and uh, I couldn't handle it. It was just too much. It just brought back <laughs> memories of the movie. Right. Thought, no, don't want that. Yeah, no. it's horrible. Yeah. So I've been doing a tiny little bit of learning how to use LMMS, which is a music program. Oh, yes. When I was much younger, I used to make music on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done it for years. And it was really, really exciting to try it out again. Um, I never made anything any good, except at the time when I was collaborating with my friend who was actually who actually knew how to make music. Okay. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, it, it's been really fun trying it out again. Cool. I've been excited because I didn't know what programs there were. And that's called LMMS. Yeah. It's a program that I find I, I'm able to understand well enough to actually make music in it and right. free and stuff. Excellent. Well, Software recommendations. Software recommendations from the good robot Andes. LMMS. And what does that stand for? Do you know? I think it stands for Linux something music system. Okay. Right. Or something. Well, well, I don't know if it works on Windows. In, in, anytime soon, a man is going to look something up on the internet. <laughs> so we'll find out if what it want, stands for. If you want software recommendations, listener, what the software you, we're using to make this podcast is Audacity, and the software we're using to talk to each other is Jitsi. J-I-T-S-I. Yes, which is actually very good. Video conferencing. Don't have to install anything. Works in your browser. Free to use. Uh, works really well. Yeah. There's some more software recommendations for you. Perhaps we should move well, on to the topic of the podcast I think we should, we but lose. before we do, we should All definitely right. share LMMS on the blog uh, for this for this pod. Okay, okay. We'll put a link to those software recommendations. Yes. So, the subject of this pod, I don't have a movie or a particular TV show to talk about this week, although I'm, I'm sure we will swap notes about, talk what, about many. what we've been watching later on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But right now, we want to talk about Scenes or shots from movies that we love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a long list. Mm-hmm, I think of course you've, you have. You've got a short list. Yes. <laughs> I've also got. Um, I badgered my family for um, some some right. movies as well, and they've given me a couple of selections. Right, right, right. Uh, so, so, what do you yeah. want to do? Do you want to start with start with one of yours because you've got a lot? Yeah. Okay. Let's start with one of mine. So uh, okay, number okay. ten. We've got Brad Pitt meets the Manson family from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, so that's a fairly recent one. Um, so the, the background to it is that Brad Pitt's character, he plays a stuntman. He's an ex-army. So this this is set in the 60s. He's an ex-World War II This is the Coen Brothers veteran. film, right? No, this is um, uh, the, new, the latest Quentin Tarantino. Came out last oh. year. Okay, okay, Quentin Tarantino that you yes you have time for okay yeah yeah wow um, I oh. liked this movie though I liked it a lot um, so it's kind of a um, an alternate history of the Manson family and the event the events with Sharon Tate in Los Angeles which are now obviously very famous and grim and sad and horrible but anyway Brad Pitt plays a stuntman mm-hmm. he's been um, you know, he 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 gives a a woman a ride back to where she lives. He recognises the place because he used to live there, and he knows that somebody he knows lives there. Mm-hmm. And he says to the, the you know, Charles Manson's family, Charles Manson isn't there at the time, 
um, and he says, I'm just going to go up and see him. And the whole scene is shot like a horror movie. Right. So strange angles, uh, a sense of real foreboding and threat. He's very nonchalant, but you sense that he is very much on edge and, and really watching what's going on. It's brilliantly done because when he goes into a building of which there is only one exit, you feel very threatened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you feel like that's a terrible idea. You should not go into a building with only one exit with all those mad people out there. Um, it's a really good scene. So that's that's my number 10. Okay. okay yeah, okay. it's very well done. Uh, should I do another you're making, one? You're making me think of all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very evocative. Very, very evocative. Uh, at number nine... You're doing a, oh, you're going straight into another one. Yeah, then I'll, then I'll have a break. So at number nine, <laughs> we've got from The Dark Knight, so Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Yeah. We've got the Joker, played by uh, Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. He meets all the mob bosses uh, for the first time, and mm-hmm. he makes a pencil disappear uh, inside someone's head. It's really grim. <laughs> I don't remember that really. It's quite nasty. I mean, it's um, you know, for a movie that's a twelve A, that particular scene is very brief, but very nasty. And right. you, what what you understand in that scene is you understand everything that motivates Heath Ledger's Joker. Right, right, right. right. Um, it's just fantastic writing and fantastic performance. Uh, you know, he shows that he's not afraid of any of these people in the room, but he wants something from them. And he's gone there to bargain with them about something. Uh, it's just brilliantly done. That's my number nine. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, do you want to do one? Okay, let me do one. So I think I'll stick to the two that I'd, I'd already thought of, although you've made me think about loads of other okay. films. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll stick to the two that I thought of. So the um, the first one is probably one of the most iconic scenes in a film mm-hmm. which is in alien yes when she's finally face to face with the alien now without the rest of the film that wouldn't that scene wouldn't be as amazing as it is so yeah. it, it it wouldn't it doesn't stand on its own it's 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 built up so much towards that moment of not being able to see what's going on and just being absolutely full of terror. So, are you talking about the bit in the corridors where she finally sees it, or the bit in the in the life in the life pod? Um, I don't remember which bit it is, but they're like completely face to face. Yeah, and you think it's all over. No, I think that's the I end. Which I think bit? that's probably the end. It's probably when she's in the life pod, and it right, it's right, right, it's right. in the life pod as well. Yeah, that's very right. intense. Yeah. But it's this, it's a payoff because you have you've barely seen the alien the whole time. Yep. You know it's if it gets near you, you're finished. Yep. And then you finally get like a just just watching it, you're like you actually want to just have a look at it. But also, it's just utterly terrifying. Yeah. That it's so close and it's so. I think I do know the bit you mean now. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, it's the bit where she gets into the spacesuit. And she's singing You Are My Lucky Star from A Star Is Born. Uh, <laughs> okay. And then she sits in the chair and she's not looking round. And then she yeah. turns around and it's right there in front of her. It's right in her face. 
Yeah, I think I seem to remember her not yeah. being able to see it for some of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she hits the um the the escape hatch button. Yeah, it's that's a fantastic. Yeah, that is really good. It's amazing, and really, yeah. what I'm saying is, it's the whole film that's amazing, and that that scene is just a, the culmination of that. It is that a huge horror. payoff that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I remember, I don't remember whether I looked at the artwork before I saw the film or after, but the there was like there was a lot of excitement amongst. Um, the young people at the time around the artwork mm. of H.R. Geiger and everything because of that, its exposure through that film. And yeah, I mean, it, it it did his career a lot of favors. It you know really pushed him into the public eye because his stuff is really quite profoundly weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, and it, what's exciting is that how toned down it was in a way for for the film. But yeah, it definitely. Works. Yeah, it's definitely been designed and styled to make it more mainstream. Yeah. But it's still pretty but weird. The the fundamentals to it that are so disturbing are still yeah. are still present. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. a good choice. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing film, amazing scene. That's very good. I like that choice. Shall I do another one? Go for it. Okay, so at number eight, we've got Dutch, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, prepares to take on the Predator from Predator. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. this is a montage scene. <laughs> We love a we montage. love a montage. Even Rocky had a montage. Yeah. Um, so in this scene, um, he's escaped. He's realised that it can't see him because he's covered in mud. Right, 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 uh, right, right. So he basically tools up and he gets ready for battle. And it's just a really good uh, prime kind of Arnie montage scene. So I remember him in the mud. I think I must be thinking of the moment when he first realises that it can't see him. Yeah, so he falls in the river. He then crawls out of the river and he's covered in mud and it just walks past him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he realises it can't see him because his heat is masked. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then you're talking about just after that. Just after that. Yeah, he tools up after that. And uh, then he lights a... um, like a torch and goes <laughs> and you know something's about to go down <laughs> and it does yeah it's so great so yeah that's number eight that's that's okay. a really good okay. montage okay. uh at number seven we've got another arnie actually uh so this is the la storm drain chase from terminator 2 right that's good um so arnie's on a motorbike uh the Terminator's in a truck, uh, and John Connor is on foot. No, he's on a little pop-pop motorbike thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and that's just incredible orchestration of action, and editing, and sound design, and everything coming together to make you know an almost breathless chase, um, in which Arnie, sing- with one hand, reloads a Remington uh, rifle. Which is just a beautiful thing to behold, really. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, he really screwed up his hand doing that. Really? Yeah, but it's worth it. Because it just <laughs> looks so good. Um, yeah, so that's number seven. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, what's your next one? Okay, so that's good that I'm not going last, because you, I'm not sure you're going to like this. Okay. So, uh, my next one is from... My last one is from Series 7, The Contenders. Okay, it's a good movie. All right, okay. In that case, we're fine. So, um, Series 7, The Contenders, a, 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 a um, tragically underwatched film. Yes, I'd agree, yeah. Um, uh, which is about uh, 
um, a competition where the contestants have to kill each other. Yeah, it's kind of Hunger Gamesy Battle Royale style thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It was. It came out not that far away from when Battle Royale came out That's or right. Running Man. I think it was before them. Though. I'm not sure. No, it's definitely after Running Man, but it's it's around well, it's the same after time. The as Running Battle Man Royale. book. Yeah. Is it after the Running Man film? Oh yeah, anyway. definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, point is, it's an independent film done on pretty low budget. And it was made by people who understand, who used to work in TV news. So it has a real uh, wobbly cam. Um, I like a bit like, of wobbly cam. Uh, yeah, like um, Greengrass, right Paul Greengrass. Yeah, it's just it feels like it's 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 really being filmed by someone on a camcorder. It has a sense of immediacy about it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It probably is being filmed by someone. Yes, on a probably. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and the main character is pregnant. Yes. So the the urgency that she has to stay alive um, is pretty extreme. Yeah. And the moment that came to my mind, which I think you see very occasionally, you see in a film, someone's about to go into like a gun battle, and they behave the way an actual person would, as opposed to the way people in films kind of ready themselves and then go for it. Yeah. And she's about to kick open a door. She's quite experienced by this point because she's already got through one series. So she's in her second series. Uh. Um, so she's quite experienced. And even though she's just an ordinary person and she's obviously, um, you know, physically limited by being heavily pregnant, um, but she's also, she also kind of knows what she's doing. She's about to kick her way through a door to go and take someone out, even though she doesn't want to kill anyone. She just needs to survive. And the camera, the, you're very aware of the cameraman with her at that time. They're talking in some way. I don't remember how. And she just takes a breath of just utter fear, but determination and the need to continue. Yeah. And then she goes through the door. Just that moment where she takes a breath, she's looking at the camera um, because she's looking at the cameraman, not because she cares about the camera. Uh, it it just is such a human moment of someone who's just in extreme, uh, but has to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. That is that is a good scene. Yeah, I really she like that movie breath. actually. Yes, yeah, it's, it's solid. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm going to move on to one of the um, ones that my family have uh, have given me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, so my wife said uh, she her favourite scene. Well, she's got two, but the one she's placed at like, like number one is the musical interlude from The Big Lebowski. So this is a, uh, a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. With um, Jeff Bridges, yeah, of course, yeah, etc. Uh, and there's a, there's a musical interlude where where the dude who's played by Jeff Bridges, <laughs> he gets drugged, and there's a mu- musical interlude that's set to um, "I Just Dropped In to See What Condition My Condition Was In" by <laughs> Kenny Kenny I Rogers. I kind of remember that, that that now you mentioned it. I kind of remember that music was in it. But I don't remember uh, this. Kenny scene Rogers in the new edition is who it's by. So this is like okay. Kenny Rogers before he was a massive country star. He did this kind of um, quite psychedelic uh, track. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty good track. It's quite mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the dude and Maud Lebowski, uh, who is not related to him, uh, <laughs> do this musical number. Um, set in a uh, in a bowling alley, and oh, it's just glorious. It's just it's so funny and so weird. <laughs> so that that was her favorite, and then her second favorite is from Moulin Rouge, which is Baz Luhrmann's uh-huh. Moulin Rouge, where 
another musical moment? another musical moment yeah so okay, where okay. um well that is actually a musical i guess yeah. uh where the moulin rouge is kind of explained visually using the camera so sort of yeah. swoops around in paris it's actually a really effective scene i seem to remember that yeah it's really good do you have a favorite musical moment do i have a favorite musical moment yeah um yeah, yeah i do um it's probably pro- probably from west side story Okay. And it's probably the Amer- America, which is such a famous song, um, directed by Robert Wise, who also made The Sound of Music and um, a bunch of other movies. Very uh-huh. prolific director. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my favourite musical moment because it's just okay. so well choreographed and shot and lit, and mm-hmm. and the song is really good. I yeah. started thinking about The Matrix earlier. I'm wondering whether I should have a moment from The Matrix. I think maybe you should, yeah. I like um, I like the final, or the closing scene of The Matrix, just the music playing. Oh, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so those are my wife's. And my son, um, my eldest son, uh, his favourite is from Avatar. Right. In which Jake Sully, uh, when... When he's asked to explain how he managed to catch the huge flying beastie, mm-hmm. he says, uh, well, I figured that it's like top predator, so it's not looking up at any time for mm-hmm. anything because he jumps on its back. Uh, right. Yeah, it's a solid scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. So that's his favourite. Do you think Avatar's slightly underrated by people, people who are a bit too snarky? Definitely. I think Avatar's okay. really great. I really, okay. really, really, I mean, I've seen it like three times. I went to see mm-hmm. it with col- an old colleague, uh, former colleague of ours at the IMAX mm-hmm. at Waterloo, and it was breathtakingly good. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 3D IMAX. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I quite enjoyed it, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really like it. It deserves to be slammed. I think it, no, I don't think it deserves that. I think it's a, te- a technological marvel. Right, that right. paved the way for other things like John Favreau's remake of The Jungle Book, which is another, I think, you know, right. jaw-droppingly beautiful movie that was shot entirely on a soundstage. Right. Um, and then everything else was filled in digitally. It's stunning, really. Uh, I think his, his, his version of The Lion King is less successful. Right, um, okay. But I think The Jungle Book is solid, yeah. Um, I'm going to do another one. Go for it. Number six. So this is a very short one. Mm-hmm. The cross cut in 2001: A Space Odyssey. From what to what? Uh, we cross cut from uh, prehistoric man to the space age. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the the ape who is called Moonwatcher, although obviously his ape compatriots never call him that, but that's mm-hmm. that's what he was called on set. Uh, he um. He throws a, a bone into the air mm-hmm. and we follow the bone with the camera and as it starts to drop, it changes to a space station. Mm-hmm. Like that. And you know, mm-hmm. and you've got thousands of years of, of time have just passed and oh look, we were there, now we're there. It's genius. There are lots of good shots yeah. in that. Oh yeah, I mean the, there are others but I think that one is, you know, if you're, if you're illustrating the passage of time Mm-hmm. I think it's just stunning. Yeah, so it's not really a scene; it's it's a single shot. That counts. That counts. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, at number five, 
this is another, not really a scene, but it's the opening crawl from Star Wars Episode Four, the first Star Wars yeah. movie, yeah, which changed cinema history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because at, at that time, um, you had to have your credits at the beginning of a movie, right? And if you didn't have them, you got fined. But okay. by somebody, I don't know who. Um, maybe the MPAA would fine you for doing that. So Lucas knew what he was doing when he did that. So he didn't have the credits at the beginning? No, the so. credits are at the okay. end. Uh, but nobody ever had the credits at the end. So every movie that, at that time, you'd have like, um, Studio Presents, this yeah. movie, and then it would have the cast list, the crew list, then, right, then right, directed right. by... Right. And then at the end, it would just say the end, right? And, that, right, and that's right. it. Okay, so that might explain why people were prepared to sit through a whole load of boring text. Yes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But also, if you went into that movie and you were one of the first people that went to see it, and you had no idea what was coming, mm-hmm. and it says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and then it goes ba boom, and you're mm-hmm. straight in, mm-hmm. you'd be like, whoa. This doesn't happen yeah. in movies. So, you know, the movie that huh. changed everything, really. Because the opening shot is also... Um, it's incredible. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the, massive the spacecraft. Immediate illustration of the power imbalance between yes. the goodies and the baddies. Exactly. Just, just through the, the visuals. Yeah, yeah but really. actually we don't know who is a goodie or a baddie at that point. But we have to guess it's the small ship <laughs> because that's the way mm-hmm. things are usually portrayed. <laughs> yeah. So that's number uh, that's number five. Mm-hmm. At number four, we've got a John Carpenter movie that was actually on our top thirty horror movies. Right, right, right. Um, and it's the blood test scene from The Thing. I was going to say it was the thing that was in the thirty, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so this is a scene where things have calmed down a bit. Somebody's been shot, um, and they're all sitting in the rec room, and McCready. Uh, decides that he's going to test everyone's blood to see if they're human. So he's got a Petri dish, and they take a sample from everyone. They're tied up. Takes a sample, and he puts it in the Petri dish, and then he scorches it with, like, a piece of wire. He puts it in front of the mm-hmm. flamethrower flame burner, mm-hmm, scorches mm-hmm. the blood to see if it tries to defend itself. Mm-hmm. And he goes through almost everybody. Does himself. He does the doctor. Does a couple of other people. And then he does this one and it jumps out of the Petri dish and you're like, whoa! Mm-hmm. That's a great scene. Yeah. That's one of my favourites. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's very good. Um, number three. I can't really be doing with the thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, you're not alone there. It didn't do well at all when it came out. It wasn't what I people mean, wanted to watch. John Carpenter, like... Like it, like it seems to have good ideas that he then turns into boring films. I disagree. Like yeah. Uh, vampires. Yeah, vampires is bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dumb. I think late period Carpenter is is not good, but I think the thing is definitely his high point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's lean okay. and almost perfect as a movie. It's just boring. It's not boring. <laughs> I have to take issue with that. I have to take okay. you to task on that. So it's not boring. Okay. Um, at number three, in a film that I've only realised recently was shot by Roger Deakins, mm-hmm. uh, the Mozart scene from the Shawshank Redemption. 
What's that? Okay, so uh, so the protagonist Andy Dufresne, who probably did it, as uh, as we've discussed <laughs> yeah. on this on this pod, um, him and a bunch of his buddies, he gets permission to reopen the library. Okay. Um, so they go in there and they're sort of cataloging books and looking at stuff and having a bit of a laugh. And he finds a turntable and he finds some records and he finds, um, no, I'm not sure. I think it might be something from the Magic Flute or maybe, no, maybe from Don Giovanni. And uh, he puts, no, maybe it isn't actually. But anyway, uh, he puts puts this record on and mm-hmm. then he puts the PA system next to the speaker mm-hmm. and presses and and plays the record. Mm-hmm. And outside in the exercise yard, we just see all the prisoners just stop and listen. And it's shot by Roger Deakins, so it's like everybody's like at the same distance from each other, and it's all beautifully shot and right. and choreographed and lit, and it's an incredible scene. And then, of course, horrible things happen because. The guards hear the fact that he's put the music over the PA, and they're like, "Get your ass out here!" And you know he gets beaten up for it, but uh, it's worth it, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so that's at number three. It's a good scene. I think I remember that. I haven't seen that for ages. Oh, it's such a good film. I liked it when I saw it. Um, at number two, <clears throat> we've got Crossing the Ravine from the movie Sorcerer, which we did talk about on this pod. Yes, we did. Um, so there's a scene in this where there's these trucks that are full of unstable nitroglycerin. And then I watched it. I've watched that. Yes, you have. Yeah. yeah I think you liked it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it is good. Um, there's these trucks full of unstable nitroglycerin and they have to cross a ravine and it's just nail-biting, nail-biting stuff because yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's so intense. It's a weird film though, right? Because... Like, what's the point of it? I don't really know. I mean, I kind of... I, you don't really care what the point is, though. Like, no, that's a me thing. It's the journey. It's the journey. I have to yeah. I have to understand why I've watched something. It's kind of I've a road it. movie, I guess, but it's also... I get the feeling that these people who are, like, at the... the end of nowhere kind of thing, in the middle of nowhere, they've all they're all running away from something. They're kind of in purgatory... And yeah. they're kind of given an opportunity to do something that has a point to it and give some meaning to their lives. And I think, I think that's the point of it, really. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're not nice people. No, but they're, I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah, they're that's being the asked thing, to do something it? that is actually quite righteous, to cap this oil well that's raging fire in the middle of the jungle. Quite, oh, really? I hadn't really thought about it like that. Yeah. Okay, so you think that they're on, like, even though they're only doing it for their own reasons, really, to escape yes. their situation. Yes. They're actually doing something that is a good thing. That's okay. that's how I read it, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. But they're not nice people. you know. They're, and no, the fact they're that awful. they're doing this doesn't make them nice people. No. At all. They're not doing it for nice reasons. <laughs> no, yeah. indeed. Indeed. So, yeah, that's a great scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, that is great. Um, which brings me to number one. Whoa, are we at number one? We're at number one, yeah. Um, Hit me with number one. Okay, so my number one scene, this has been this way, I don't know, for about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember once I had a VHS of this movie and I took it to school and I said to my, my friend 
I said, can we go home to your house and watch this at lunchtime? And, I, and then I just sat there and talked about this scene. We forwarded it to this scene and I just sat there and said, look, just watch this. This is incredible. <laughs> so that I suppose I realized that this is the movie that got me interested in movies. Okay. Um, okay. It's the movie Jaws. Right. right, right and it's right, right. specifically the USS Indianapolis scene from Jaws when uh, they're on the the orca boat. So you've got uh, Chief Brody, you've got um, Hooper, the... the um, What's his name? He's a shark expert. And you've got Quint, uh -huh. the fisherman. None of them are getting on at all well. Yeah. And... <clears throat> they have a, like a bonding session. Uh, they get a bit drunk and um, they're comparing scars, basically. Oh, yeah, I remember. And yeah. uh, and um, Quint says to Hooper, what's that one on your arm? And he says, oh, that was a thresher shark. You know, it was, it rubbed, it brushed me whilst I was taking samples, you know, and it gave me a scar. Mm -hmm. And Brody lifts up his shirt and he looks at his... Um, he clearly doesn't have any interesting scars. He looks at his uh, appendix scar and just puts his shirt back down again and <laughs> decides not to talk about it. And then Hooper points to a, a scar on Quint's arm. And he says, where'd you get that one? And he says, oh, it's just a tattoo. I had it removed. And then he kind of has a joke with him. and says, no, let me guess, let me guess. Mother. And they have a laugh about that. And then mm -hmm. he points at it. He says, that was the US in Indianapolis. And then this kind of silence settles over the room. And he proceeds to tell the story of the fact that he was on the USS Indianapolis, which was the the American um, boat that delivered the Hiroshima bomb uh, in right. the Second World War. And it was sailing back. This just actually happened. It was sailing back. So it was delivered on a boat? Yes. Yeah, on a ship. Yeah. And then taken up in a plane. In a plane, yeah. After that, yeah. okay, okay, oh, I see. Um, okay, oh, I didn't know. Um, they delivered it. It was sailing back, and a Japanese t um, submarine torpedoed them, right? And uh, sank them. And mm -hmm. there were lots of sharks around. And he tells the story of just uh, waiting to be torn apart by sharks, mm -hmm. and seeing people, you know. He's, what does he say? He says something like, um, you know, so like the second day the sharks come by and if one comes near you, then you sort of, you beat the water and you make a lot of noise and they go away, but sometimes they don't go away. And then, you know, he talks about the water turning red and his final line to that is, I'll never put on a life jacket again. And it's just <laughs> so chilling. It's just so like, again, we can compare it to the scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker meets the mob, this scene sums up everything you need to know about Quint. What drives mm -hmm, him, you know, mm -hmm. he, he's basically, he's doing this for revenge. Mm -hmm. Some kind of messed up type of revenge against all, mm -hmm. all sharks in the world. He feels a sense of, you know, he's never going to get, his revenge is always going to be empty. He's never going to fill it up, basically. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it, but this scene was written specifically for the movie because they had a mechanical shark that we see several times in the film. It's not a very good mechanical shark, but it had a lot of problems. Um, okay. It kept breaking down, so they couldn't use it. Mm -hmm. And they were... And it just looks like a massive, like, paper mache. Yeah, and sometimes model. you can see through it to the other side. 
Oh, really? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, but I don't really care because I, st- I just yeah. love the movie. I think it's a stunning piece of work. Um, uh, so they they were basically running out of footage. They didn't have enough material for the film. Right. So Spielberg went to John Milius and said, look, I need something. Can you write me something uh, for these guys, like a bonding scene? Right, so they wouldn't have had... You wouldn't... Like that... The character establishment of that scene is really important. Yeah, though, really important, yeah. But it wouldn't, wouldn't have, been have been there, there. if they hadn't yeah. had problems with the shark. Huh. Um, so that is my personal favourite scene of a movie ever. Wow. And that's been a long time as well. That was released in 1976. Yeah, I mean, I think you basically stop liking things <laughs> that deeply at about age, what, 25? Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. From then on, everything else is just a pale echo. Yeah, that's right. And I think what's the other thing that's interesting about that scene is that up until that point, Quint has been a pretty intimidating presence on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time we meet him uh, is when he's scraping his hands on a blackboard uh, to introduce himself <laughs> to, the, to a crowd of people. <laughs> and the second time we see him is when... He intimidates Hooper by grabbing his hands and saying, let me see your hands, boy. You've got city hands, Mr. Hooper. You've been cutting money all your life. You know, it's really like, kind of like, this is my patch. You don't come yeah. here and tell me what to do kind of thing. Um, so he's a pretty intimidating and pretty unwelcome presence. And this scene kind of softens him a bit. Right, right, right. And right, from right. that point on, they're kind of a bit more bonded as, yeah. as a trio. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really important scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in the book. It's written specifically right. for the movie. But it really works. And I think to... it's an example of when you are desperate for something and you creatively have to write yourself out of a hole, basically. Yeah. And that is an example of that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what films I might like really passionately like if I'd seen them when I was younger. Right. Yeah. I'm wondering, I actually think, on reflection, I've only seen it once, but I think I like it more now than I did when I'd just seen it. Mm. Mother. Mother! Mother! <laughs> <laughs> like that, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm just so glad I watched it. Yeah. and just just found it such a great experience. It's an incredible film, isn't it? Yeah. But it, did, you, really did it leave you thoroughly wrung out at the end, though? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, totally exhausted yeah. and confused and but i would gladly watch it again because it's just such a virtuoso piece of filmmaking yeah i think i'm ready to watch it again yeah i think yeah yeah it's brilliant i mean i i I enjoyed noah as well even though it's barking mad yeah no it's like a really profound like noah's weird because it's so um light in a way but also like really profound yeah really profound yeah. And, and you know, comes from a place of of someone who is quite devoutly. Well, Darren Aronofsky is a, you know, is Jewish, and it it comes from that place, you know. It's but it mm-hmm. but it is also a really great piece of filmmaking. The thing about Mother that I'm interested in is he said that was about Adam and Eve. Yes, and I yes. I can't completely understand what that's what he means by that. So I'd be quite interested to watch that again. Yeah, and see if you can pick up on it. Think about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very, very... Yeah, Mother is is pretty amazing. 
It's like Michelle Pfeiffer. She's so Isn't amazing. she great in Mother, though? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she really She's is. She's quite sinister. Yeah. 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 In fact, everybody who comes to the house is quite sinister. Yeah. And then it all goes barking mad. And actually, there's a bit later on in the film when the house is being destroyed. It's a bit like our house at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a mess. Right, 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 right. So there we go. That was my top ten. Excellent. And that was your top two. And I dropped some in there from the family as well. So other films I feel like I should mention after having heard that. Yes. Uh, the Hole... That's a good one. I don't one. know what, yeah. what scene I'd pick, but I really like the whole. Yeah. Um, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I, and there's scenes, like the scene where all the blood like spurts out of the bed. That's the just scene. mad, isn't it? <laughs> that's is, that when, right. is that when Johnny Depp gets killed? I think that's, I think that's him. Uh, I think, I I think that's his death scene. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, it's right. really gruey. And I was also thinking of The Wicker Man. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's only one scene you'd pick from The Wicker Man, the which end. is the final scene, yeah. Because it is just so visceral. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's what's the original um, found footage um, oh, can I, in a forest? Oh, Blair Witch. Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch. Yeah. Maybe not original, but yeah. It made me think of Blair Witch at some point as well. There yeah. must be scenes in that. There's the scene where they where you're looking up at the snot dripping out of her nose. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's so, it's so real, isn't it? Yeah. I was telling my son about that. Blair Witch Project the other day and what <laughs> pioneering piece of viral marketing it was yeah very very clever um, yeah yeah yeah. has I, he seen yeah, it? he hasn't but I think he should I think that it's a bit too scary um, apparently he watched The Shining the other day right which was right, reclassified right. 15 last year so alright um, I would say Blair Witch is scarier than The yeah, Shining yeah I think The well, Shining depends what scares you depends I think The Shining you. is disturbing Rather than yeah. scary, but Blair Witch is pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. The Shining, yeah, it's just it's creepy, and I think if you're if you're a bit older, that kind of creepiness can be more mm. disturbing, maybe. Yeah, I just thought of something though. Oh yeah, uh, uh, a scene, a shot. So the the shot in the Silence of the Lambs when mm -hmm. you had the precursor to Clary Starling visiting Lecter, and. Mm -hmm. uh, the staff are saying, do not touch the glass, do not approach the glass, don't give him anything unless you put it through the drawer, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. she's walking down the corridor and there's all this mayhem going on around her. And then all the other prisoners, are, you know, all the, all the other cells are really badly lit. You can't really see who's in them. And the camera's following her. And then he's just standing in his cell, perfectly yeah. still, yeah. just watching her like a tiger, watches, yeah. uh, you know, some prey. <laughs> Yeah, and he's smiling and he says, good morning. And it's just yeah. so, nobody stands like that. You know, nobody does that. It's just so well observed and creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Good scene. Yep. Yeah. That's really good. That. Yeah, definitely. Sir Anthony Hopkins is good, but also without her performance, it would be nothing. No, it would be nothing. It wouldn't have been the hit that it was without that counterpoint, without the innocence and the kind of driving force of wanting to, to do good. Um, yeah. The counterpoint to his just thoroughly evil portrayal, which even though he is urbane and, you know, charming, he's, he's a killer. He's a psychopathic killer. Yeah. yeah. 
and yet we yeah, we still feel some admiration for him when he carves someone up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's all I got for movies. What you've been Plus watching? Some computer on? game recommendations. Yes, please do. Um, still playing a lot of Trials. I won't go on about that. Okay. Um, there's. Uh, so you might have heard of a game called Factorio. Mm. Where you have to build a factory. I have heard of this, yes. It's very popular. Well, I haven't been playing Factorio, but I have been playing a game that's inspired by Factorio called Shapes.io. Called Tractorio, which is about building a tractor. (laughs) No, it's called Shapes.io. Okay. It's Shapes with a Z. Shapes.io. I think you have spoken about this before. Really? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. Anyway, that's really good. Okay. And a game that I've only played a tiny bit of, but I found quite entertaining which I definitely haven't talked about before. It's called Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, I've heard of this. It's, it's really new, so it's like super expensive, okay. but my friend bought it, so I didn't have to. Nice. Um, it's it's a standard, um, like you can go around beating people up and shooting people thing, which I normally don't really like, you know, like a Grand Theft Auto style yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. The reason I don't like games like that is because they often feature um, horrible violence against women in a really normalised way. Yes. I didn't. I didn't see any of that. I don't know whether you get any of that. I only played a bit of it. But um, it's set in London. This Legion specifically, the the new the new Watchdogs is set in London, and it's a really familiar London. Oh. It really looks like London. Okay. Um, and you can like you know, there's the cars are right. They drive on the right side of the road. You can drive around and smash into things and <laughs> break the speed limit. And oh, stuff. sounds like yeah. fun. Uh, it's really fun, and it really reminds me of a game called The Getaway that I used to play. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah, I think you had that on PS2. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I used to love playing The Getaway for the same reason, really, that there's this great fun sense of driving around London, and it feels real—a sense of anarchy. Familiar. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's um, good. So that seems good, but I have only played it like half an hour of it, so I can't. Okay, remember. I've been playing a lot of an old video game from like the mid 2000s called Dead Space. Ah, is that a rails shooter? Uh no. Well, I suppose maybe oh, what it is. Am I thinking of? No, no, not really. So it's a third person shooter. Okay, um, okay. it has elements of aliens to it. So yeah. gribblies, you got to kill the gribblies and but also puzzles as well. You got to pu- solve puzzles right, right, right. and do stuff. It's actually very good. Um, oh. And very atmospheric, so you're kind of like what's what's around the next corner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Lots of jump scares and things of that kind, which I really enjoy. So you know, it's kind of a horror movie coupled with a, yeah. a video game. So, yeah, enjoying that. But well, that came out yeah, a long time ago. Good. It's quite old yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but but it's good. Um, oh, so another yeah. software recommendation. Yes, my uh, my uh, hard disk on my main computer died. So I've spent I spent last weekend just trying to rebuild the computer right. and get everything set up. Yeah, and um, I discovered this amazing tool called Test Disk, or one word. Okay, works on all the different operating systems and stuff, and it it can find a uh, a drive which has got a damaged partition table, and it can still find your stuff on it. Oh, that's handy. Um, and it, it's got a um, like a sister tool called PhotoRec that will actually trawl through and find any files on there, even if the disk's completely ruined. Um, so I've been trying to recover stuff off that drive. And is this, is this free? Completely free. 
open source Ooh. called Test Disk. Just all one that's word. A, test that's disk. a very useful piece of software. Yeah. Yeah. So highly recommended. Um, it's really easy to use and stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. Excellent. And obviously, you're grateful for that when you've lost your stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially when you. In actual fact, yeah. most of my stuff's backed up, but. But some of it yeah, was still. It's a great tool. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, TV wise. What have we been watching? We've been watching a show called Love Life on the BBC, okay. which is very good with Anna Kendrick. It's an HBO Max show that the BBC have acquired. Okay. Uh, a show called Adult Material on Channel 4, which is All about right. um, the adult movie business, Okay, which is actually very good, but really Fiction. intense. It's fictional, yeah. Um, it's really intense. Right. You know, you talk about feeling wrung out after watching Mother. That's how you feel out of after one episode of Adult Material. Oh gosh! Yeah, it's quite. It sounds tiring. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, been watching a show called Harlots, which is on the BBC. Right. Yeah, I saw that yeah. advertised. It's uh, it's good fun. Um, We've been watching Afterlife. Oh, I love Afterlife. It's yeah. it's really good. It is, well, isn't I, it? I, I have to. Um, I have to ration it to get it past the wife. But, right, um, right. Because it's harrowing. It can be harrowing, but it's also funny. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. And really well done, you know. It's, yeah. it's very insightful. It's not exploitative, yeah. No, not at all, no. I mean, I think it. I think it's unique in that it's... It never crosses into mawkishness and kind of sentimentality. Mm. We should say, it's, it basically deals with grief and, and grieving. And yeah, it does. Stuff, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But it's mostly like a comedy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been catching up on Fear the Walking Dead, which I'm really enjoying. Right. Okay. You I'm on series three. Uh, really enjoying that. How many are there? Uh, f- five or six. I think it's on series six at the moment. Wow, really? I didn't realize it's still it going. On. Yeah, still going. Maybe it's time for me to request some number of DVDs of it on for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I think series three is where it really hits its stride. Okay. Um, okay. And there's some really interesting stuff going on to do with um, like Native American land rights and things of that kind. Mm. And in the previous episodes, you know, we've had the whole culture clash between people from America and people from Latin America and the different ways that they deal with death and loss and that kind of thing. And in fact... To be honest, in the last few episodes, there hasn't been a lot of zombie action. It's mostly been about character-based work, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, enjoying Fear the Walking Dead a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, catching up with Star Trek Discovery, which I've seen before. Watched the new Borat movie on Prime, actually. Okay, how was it? It was okay. It's not as good as the first one. Okay, um, I don't think I've seen the first one. It has its moments. Um I certainly admire Sasha Baron Cohen for the stuff that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not quite funny enough. Okay. Yeah, that's the problem with it, really. But I still found... but I still have admiration for him. Yeah. Right, right, right. I'm planning to watch the new series of His Dark Materials. Yes. Having really enjoyed the first series. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It's a really solid adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, re- the, um, the visuals, the texture of the visuals mm. is amazing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the, the first episode's out at the moment, but... It is. Yeah, we recorded it the um, other night. Yeah, yeah. I'm expecting that to be excellent. Yes, most excellent. Um, 
Otherwise, I haven't watched a movie for a while. It must have been TV. Mainly because there isn't much new stuff coming out on disc. Mm. I told you I saw Tenet. Yeah, we've done that. Yes, and you enjoyed it. Did you watch yes. it more than once? No. Just the once. I'd like to watch it again. I would like to watch it multiple more times. Yes, because it was so good. In, and in order to understand it. Yes, I, yeah, definitely. I, I enjoyed it, but also... I think that if it had been released in a normal year, it would have done incredible business. Because right, people right, would have right. just gone back straight away to go and see it again. Mm, but mm, mm, I mean, it was it was number one for a long time, but it didn't take as much as it should have done, just like everything else, really. But it'll make that back on DVD, I'm sure. I'm sure it will, yeah. Definitely. Um, that's all I've got now, actually. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I did a bit of nervously watching um, election results websites. Oh, I, yeah, I was basically refreshing constantly. Until Sunday morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The orange nightmare is over. Yeah. Yeah. We can get back on with our lives. Yeah, although we'll talk about that later on. I bet I went back on Twitter today and then wished I hadn't. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's just awful. I thought, well, now that's happened, maybe things will be better, but they aren't. There's this, there's that American expression, trash fire. Yep. Which, uh, yeah. which I think is really good, and I, I uh, it just comes to my mind as soon as I flick back onto. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter is basically a, a bin on fire. <laughs> yeah, someone's just put some rubbish in it and then set a light to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not Facebook. Come on. No, it's not as bad as that, but it's pretty bad. Yeah. It is pretty bad. It's yeah. like, I mean, all social media is like closing time in a pub on a Friday night. <laughs> Everyone's had a lot to drink and they're all a bit punchy and they're all just well, saying yeah. really inappropriate things, which they'll regret the next day. Or maybe they won't. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think Mastodon uh, is a nicer place for me. Yeah, at the it, is a, it is a much nicer place. Yeah. I could probably make Twitter nicer if I just unfollowed a lot of people who I who I kind of agree with in principle, but it's bad for me to listen to. Yes, I'm I'm having the same kind of response to it, to be honest. I had a call a little while ago of people who I admire a great deal, but were not really doing me any good. Yeah. Um, and I've got the same thing now, really. Yeah. Right. So maybe I just need to do that. Take a break. Try some Mastodon. Well, yeah, I, I took a break, and then I went back, and then I wished I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, I have to... Yeah. I do spend a lot less time on Twitter now. I spend most of yeah, my social media Yeah, I've basically not on been Mastodon. on there for two weeks. Right, yeah. right, right. So when, when the whole election fever just reached a pitch, I just thought, no, I can't do this. So I took it off my phone, mm-hmm. just hadn't been on it for two weeks, and went back today and wished I hadn't gone back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nothing's really changed. And of course, why would it? Maybe it's time for humanity to move on. Maybe it is. Yeah, definitely. Listen to more podcasts like this Like this one. Yes, listener. Maybe for our 200th, we'll get some feedback. Somebody would give us a favourite movie scene (laughs) in five years' time. I don't think so. No, you're probably right. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's been a great deal of fun. Yes, it has. Making a hundred episodes. It has. With you. And next time for one hundred and one, we'll we'll do something else. It won't be this. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe it'll be a tech tech podcast. Oh wow! Yeah. 
Maybe it will. Yeah. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. We, we haven't done one of those about. for ages. Should we talk about some time? I'd probably need some prep time, but should we yeah. talk about how to um, uh, use what tools you can use to preserve your privacy? That sounds very good. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's of interest to people. If there's any, indeed anybody listening. <laughs> In theory. Well, it's definitely of interest to me, so let's do that one. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. We'll have to plan it. Yeah, yeah okay. Do that. Yeah, cool. All right. Thank you very much. See you later. See you next time. Bye.